It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, healthcare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to geneseehealthplan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. From Amari, Christian, Skyler, Caitlin, Nolada, Jordan, Antonio, Eddie, and the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, coming up on our three-hour tour in the third half, we're going to talk with... Um, Let's see, who are we going to talk with the third half? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy uh, Walters is going to join us to talk about uh, a recent survey that talks about uh, the future of the environment and how Americans feel about that. And uh, before that, we're going to talk with award-winning journalist Jamie Thompson, who uh, covered uh, the... Uh, protests in uh, 2016 for the uh, uh, Washington Post and the Dallas Morning News. Um, that was the uh, event that resulted in the shooting, well, the killing of four, five police officers and, and the wounding of 11 others. She's written a book about the event um, called Standoff, Race, Policing, and a Deadly Assault that Gripped a Nation by Jamie Thompson. She'll be joining us. But first, we're going to talk about an event coming up in Detroit on uh, Thursday. Uh, the annual uh, City Year Detroit Leadership Summit is being done virtually for 2020, like so many other things done uh, that we do lately are. Um, and uh, the summit explores how to build racial and educational equity in the business, education, and philanthropy sectors. And joining me by phone to talk about this event and, uh, and more, uh, we have the uh, City Year Detroit Vice President Executive Director, Andrew Stein. Andrew, welcome to the show. Morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. And uh, also uh, joining me by phone is the uh, CEO and president of New Detroit, who will be moderating the event, Mike Rafferty. Mike, welcome. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, 
Um, let me ask first, um, Andrew, is this the first time that, uh, that the Leadership Summit has been done virtually? Uh, yes, Tom. Uh, it is, in fact, the first time we've we've had this event virtually. We um, we used to do a, a fall event uh, that um, about a three hundred person breakfast and everyone gathers and it's an hour to share about city year and talk about an issue uh, in the Detroit or greater Detroit community. Um, but this year, of course, conditions have uh, led to us shifting it to be a virtual event. So this Thursday, uh, from twelve to one. Um, was it logistically kind of, uh, difficult to figure out how you were going to present, uh, the panel discussion and the, the breakout meetings and all that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think since last spring, a lot of events, a lot of engagements, just our, our day-to-day lives have shifted to, to Zoom and Teams and other platforms. We've been trying to you know, think of ways to, to make this look and feel a little bit different. So the platform we're using, um, people can log in and uh, go listen to my remarks. The panel will be live, um, but it'll also be evergreen. So people don't have to be on from 12 to 1. They could revisit later in the day or later in the week and, and still check out the content. Oh, and, you know, we're hoping for, yeah, just hoping for minimal dog barking in backgrounds or kids or all the other, <laughs> you know, distractions we're all dealing with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Um, well, let me, let me ask you this, Andrew, and then I want to kind of ask the same question of Mike. Um, what is City Year Detroit? Yeah, so City Year, we're a national education-focused nonprofit. Um, we work in 29 cities across the country, and the work is the same everywhere. We call on young people between the ages of 18 to 25 to do a year of full-time service in public school. So kind of like a, a Peace Corps, but domestically. And so we call these young people core members. And uh, here in Detroit, we have 116 core members who this year are supporting about 7,000 students in Detroit Public Schools Community District. And, and Mike, so, um, why don't you chime in here and tell us a little bit about New Detroit? Uh, thanks. Uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, New Detroit was formed um, in response to uh, the 67 Rebellion. Um, by, uh, by business and civic leaders, uh, the aim was to understand and respond uh, to issues that caused racial tensions at that time. And since then, we've we've built coalitions and delivered programming and uh, provided advocacy uh, that seek to create racial equity um, across Southeast Michigan. And and uh, New Detroit is uh, involved in this uh, program. How, beside the fact that they roped you into being the moderator? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've we've been a we, <laughs> we've been a longtime partner. Um, we've uh, you know for, for for years. In fact, I'd even say decades. Um, the, the person who runs the year um, before Andrew it was uh, Penny Baylor. Um, you know, we, we've always, we've almost always had a, a seat on our board from from City Year, and you know, I, I'm going to kind of go upstream a bit. You know, for for us, 2020, and I'd say for everybody listening, I'm sure, 2020 has been a, a monumental and devastating year. Um, you know, the, the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, you know, all the disparities that we see in healthcare, 
um, the depth and breadth and, and, and intensity of statements about race and racism, like all the things I think make it obvious that racism is systemic and it should cause us all to think differently about this. And um, I was pleased when Andrew called me. Um, you know, I'm always pleased when Andrew calls. He, you know, he's a, he's a deep thinker about the subject. Uh, it's part of my work. Um, but I was really pleased when he called this year and said that they really want to double down and focus on race equity education. Um, when we're talking about systemic racism, you can't address it without focusing on equity in education. So that's the main intersection. Um, Mike, since you brought up the uh, uh, various uh, events of, of 2020, um, looking back to the uh, George Floyd shooting, or not shooting, but the uh, killing of George Floyd, and some of the other events that immediately followed, there was a sense that momentum was building in terms of awareness of systemic racism. And there was a real conversation going. Has the pandemic kind of muffled that a little bit? And, and is that kind of a challenge to get people back into uh, the conversation? Um, you know, I'd say the pandemic, I'd say the election, I would say, yeah. um, it's, it's you know, been a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, 2020 has definitely been a year of highs and lows, um, and, uh, mostly lows, I think for a lot of people. Um, I, you know, I think it, it, it has been difficult. I was, um, stunned, surprised and, and, um, um, in some ways glad that, uh, you know, folks like Gascar and, uh, um, in a, you know the NFL, uh, who had been you know, sort of on the sidelines um, uh, about issues that were obviously racially charged, um, you know, they came out onto the field um, and took leadership positions uh, following the death of George Floyd. And you know, when you fast forward, you don't hear as much from large corporate uh, America these days, um, which you know, quite frankly, is is, is one of the most uh, impactful thought leader you know, uh, spaces we have in the country. Um, what I'm hoping happens is, you know, that um, Black Lives Matter movement, um, organizations like ours um, have been um, risen to, you know, in, in the collective consciousness enough to be able to keep, you know, the, the momentum going, um, particularly in 2021, and until we can actually see some traction. Andrew, um, the... The form has changed for this year's summit, but what about the comment, the uh, the content, in a uh, uh, at this time of of pandemic and home learning? Have, is the content had to change to impact education because education is happening so differently now? Yeah. In some ways, um, yes, but in other ways, no. I mean, one of our goals certainly for this event is to um, just educate people on what it is that city year And uh, our core members, started with us in July, um, have been supporting students uh, virtually since, since the start of school. Um, that's where most of the students are right now in Detroit Public Schools Community District, so that's where the greatest need for support is. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give some remarks just to explaining and updating on what City Year is doing um, this year, which in some ways is different, but in many ways is, is business as usual. Like our core members are logging on every morning. 
They're with students all day. They're doing one-on-one -on -one and small group tutoring and breakout spaces. They're making phone calls home. That's a lot of the same type of stuff that we'd be doing in an ordinary year. But the, the panel piece, I mean, this is a topic that um, we picked specifically for this year. Um, one reason being we want to keep this you know, conversation going about equity and racial equity and understanding that the inequities that we have long known are in our education system and have been exacerbated certainly in 2020, um, that these are issues of equity. <laughs> and our core members come to us because they want to work uh, on systemic inequality <laughs> and work on equity. And they see City as a platform to do that. And so you know, part of what Mike is going to do is talk to two of our core members who are you know, 22, 23 years old, recent college graduates who their expectations for a workplace moving forward are different. They want to see companies and organizations that have real commitments to equity. Um, and on the panel as well, we have the Chief Administrative Officer for DTE Energy, Dave Meter, who um, DTE has, you know, and, and, and Mike knows this because he was the one that said, oh, we got to ask Dave from DTE. They've done a lot to um, promote equity within their company, knowing that, you know, everyone has work to do. And this is, this is about progress. But, you know, simply saying we've got a diversity statement or we have one person of color on a leadership team, that's not cutting it for the next generation of workforce, like our core members who are looking for more from, from the business, philanthropic, the entire community. Uh, Mike, the, um, the, the subject of systemic racism is uh, one that, that gets talked about often in the wake of some some tragedy and we've experienced it um, in ways where the the conversation gets very robust and then it sort of dies off until the next time uh, how is it different this time well i i think part of it is because like part, part of the difference is we've seen it in so many different ways we've seen it in law enforcement this year we've seen it in democracy we have in democracy this year we've seen it play out um, in educational statistics, we've seen. I mean, you know, when when you look at all of the component parts, you know, of you know the uh, the American system, um, you know, you 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 see disparities this year. It's not it's not in a, a glossy report that's put out by an organization like ours. It's in the media. Um, you know, it's 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 social. It's live. Um, yeah, we see a lot of I, it live on social media um, yeah, as yeah. events unfold, and they're shocking. Right, right, right. And so I think, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I, I almost, um, you know, uh, I, I, I like to use this analogy. Um, someone goes into the hospital with symptoms, you know, and the physician starts to treat the symptoms rather than look for the root cause, you know, the patient might die. You know, hey, a person's nausea, here's nausea, uh, nausea medication, got a headache, here's, here's aspirin. Um, if you don't trace it back to the fact that it could be cancer, you lose the patient. So in this case, the system's problem is racism. Mike, all the parts. I, I hate to Mike, I hate to interrupt you, but I have to go to a break here. Um, oh, sure. Andrew, Mike, can you stick around for a few minutes and we'll talk some more? Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. great. I'm talking with uh, Andrew Stein from City Year Detroit and Mike Rafferty from New Detroit. We'll be right back.
N O I dare everybody, it's me, Tigger. T I double G R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do you can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bell ring. Snowing and blowing up bushes of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty, frosty air. What a bright time. It's the right time to ride the night away. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftland.technology.
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica, and the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, now with our conversation about, uh, well, uh, we're talking about a lot of things, but uh, for one, we're talking about uh, City Year Detroit's 2020 Virtual Leadership Summit, which is uh, coming up this Thursday, December 3rd at noon. And talking about that and other things is the City Year Detroit Vice President and Executive Director, Andrew Stein, and the CEO, and president of New Detroit, who will be moderating, uh, Mike Rafferty. And uh, they're with me by phone. Andrew, Mike, thanks for sticking around. It's a pleasure. Or, the music's been great, by the way. I'm sorry? I said the music during the breaks has been great, by the way. Thanks oh, for that. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and, and all local, by the way. Um <clears throat> let's um let's get back to where we mike i had to cut you off a little bit and uh, we were talking about um how the pandemic is affecting um and and you brought up the election which was a good point um how these things have have sort of overshadowed what was some building momentum for really um initiating some change with regard to systemic racism um do you remember where we were at you want to pick it up from there uh yeah you you were um where where i was going was you know uh i think this year obvious um more than more than most uh, certainly since i've been alive that racism is truly systemic i think we often look at um you know certain categories like the income um of Americans and the disparities there, or um, you know, disparities in healthcare. This year, we've seen uh, the entire quilt um, and patchwork um, of this country culturally um, around race, and we, you know, I think we've we've seen um, you know the presence of inequity across all categories. Um, you can't ignore it, right? And um, you know, where we where we started uh, before the break was, um, you know. Is is you know are are we are we seeing this systemically? Are we continuing to see it systemically with everything happening? And I think the answer is yeah. You can't ignore the fact that it's systemic. You see it um, in healthcare. When you see it play out in education, when you see it play out uh, in democracy um, uh, writ large. And and in Michigan and some other states, we've seen it play out in the pandemic itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, early on, we noted that uh, more than forty percent of the deaths in Michigan. Uh, to COVID uh, were um, were people of color, uh, particularly black uh, black Michiganders, uh, when we only make up about 40% of the population. And that, we saw that in Illinois, we saw that uh, in Louisiana, uh, and, and a few other states. Yeah, Mike, I, I, it was 40% of the deaths, and I think they make up 14% of the population? Yep, that's right. Okay, because it sounded like you said 40 and 40. Um, oh, 40 and 14. Sorry, no, you're right. Yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure and underscore that because it is dramatic um, mm-hmm. when you see that that kind of disparity. Um, 
back to Andrew for for a moment. Um, Andrew, the ongoing mission of of City Year Detroit is, um, if I understand correctly, is education focused, but it's focused specifically on those schools that are um, getting less resources. Am I correct? Um, yeah, that's correct. Uh, you know, we work in we work in cities and school districts where um, you know the overwhelming majority of students are living in uh, neighborhoods of concentrated generational poverty. They've been systemically under resourced, and you know we know that um, you know students who are growing up in poverty it, it takes more resources to provide them. Uh, the same level of education as you know, their peers in the suburbs. They just need more resources. And the type of supports that we know are effective are certainly academics, and our core members help students with academics. But almost more important and antecedent to that is, um, you know, having positive, meaningful relationships with people in the school building and making school a place where students feel safe, where they belong, and where they can set goals and achieve those goals and take risks. And that's a lot of the work that our core members do because they are mostly recent college graduates. It's almost like having a full-time big brother or big sister in a student's life. So they really latch onto our core members and build relationships with them. Um, and then that is what allows the core members to then say, all right, let's sit down and, and do your math homework today because I know that your ambition is to is to be a doctor one day, and let me tell you how today's math lesson is going to help you get there. Uh, and, and I want to go back to Mike. <clears throat> um, at, at the end of the last segment, Mike, you, were, you gave an analogy that I thought was uh, particularly interesting, and I thought maybe we'd peel it back some more. When you compared the way that we typically react to um, uh, discussions about racism, that... Uh, maybe the legislation or some of the actions that come out of those discussions over the last several decades have been treating the symptoms and not really getting at the core problem or, or mm -hmm. you know, solving the, the actual uh, problem, which is why despite legislative action and programs like affirmative action and, and some others, I, I don't want to spend the time trying to recall what they all are but um what happens is these things are instituted but then the racism never really goes away it, it may create some opportunities and there may be some some good that comes out of these uh acts but it it really hasn't dug down to the uh to the root cause um are we getting closer to that um, I pray we are, um, not just because it's my job, um, but you know, also because I, uh, I, I, I don't want my kids to inherit racism. I, you know, I came into this world saying that, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think when we do see so much in just one year, right? I mean, when we, when we look at, uh, numbers like what we talked about with COVID deaths, when we see, a lot of the disparities in educational attainment play out because kids are learning by home these days and you see a lot of those gaps widen because of you know uh, you know 
disparities in the home setting, right? I mean, kids in the suburbs have, uh, you know, likely more, you know, greater access to the internet, greater access to uh, tablets, greater access to uh, nannies or parents who can sort of guide them through their lessons. Um, and in a lot of our other communities where you have a concentration of people of color, you don't have that. All those disparities in educational attainment are likely going to widen. When you see a year like all of these things coming together, I think it's really hard. I mean, your head would have to be in the sand to say that, you know, um, the root cause is something greater than just housing, something greater than just, um, you know, uh, a particular law. Uh, and and one of the one of the things that we typically hear is um, the the problems we've had with uh, police involved killings, like yeah. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so on. Um, that there are a few bad apples. So well, if I we mean, get those, a, if we yeah. weed them out, then everything's fine again. But yet the problem is still bigger than that. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely right. Um, Hi, you know, guy? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, Mike. Mike, if I can jump in. Um, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't want to overlook policies and, um, uh, you know, money that, that can make a difference. And I think of, you know, in Detroit, when this pandemic hit, uh, it came to light that only about a third of students in Detroit had access to the Internet and the technology to access school. So, we address that as a community, the school district, the philanthropic community. Like that, that certainly makes a difference, and long term will, uh, I think, build equity. Um, I think one outcome of the last few months that I think is, I, I hope, is promising is a lot of the understanding that I think people have, especially you know people who are white and part of a majority culture, um, are are under trying to do some more self work. Right? We're not just looking at what are the policies, what's the money, how come things haven't changed in the way you're describing, Tom, and that people are saying, you know, I need to do some inner work as well and understand how I might be a part of a racist structure. It doesn't make me racist. I'm not prejudiced. I'm not, um, you know, I don't try to do harm, but I might have some biases. And there's a lot of unlearning that I think people are doing. And I think there's a there's certainly a greater willingness in a younger generation to do that inner work that I think will lead to um, hopefully longer-term change that you see out in the world. Yeah, that's a good point, Andrew. And, and uh, Mike, back to what you were uh, about to add. Um, you know, when you, I, I think where you were going, um, a few bad apples, you were talking about law enforcement, um, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of raised I, that up as an example yeah. of treating a symptom. Right, right, right. And, you know, I, but I think, I think, I think 2020, you know, is one of those years when you look back at, and, and, and you see, uh, you, you can't ignore law enforcement criminal justice and the intersection you know between that and racism you can't ignore the intersection between racism and healthcare any, uh, anymore um and i think you know like this conversation you know and others around systemic racism start to illuminate uh this this umbrella that we're all that we're all under uh, in america and uh and because of that i got to say i'm really glad that folks like andrew and city here are focusing themselves on um their lane you know we're, we're in education we do see that there are disparities in education. We are going to, you know, sort of lift up the need for equity in education, what we're doing and what others are doing. 
Well, like Andrew said, I you know I've always considered myself to not be racist, but but this year I've learned that it takes more than that. That that in order to really help bring about change, it's not good enough to not be racist. You have to actually be anti-racist. That's exactly right. You know, Ibram X. Kendi's book, I think, is uh, really starting to outpace a lot of uh, whose book? Uh, other best. Uh, so there's actually there's a book uh, called How to Be an Anti-Racist uh, by Ibram X. Kendi, um, uh, and he he really digs into the subject of um, you know almost becoming a new movement, right? A movement toward anti-racism, um, not just thinking about civil rights, not just thinking about policy, not just thinking about uh, you know sort of the symptoms of uh, the issues that we're all facing, but looking at um, broad-scale reform through moving uh, industries, institutions, and systems toward anti-racism. Um, but no, it, you know, your point and Andrew's point are spot on. You can't just change policies. You know, you have to change practice, behavior, uh, and more importantly, yourself. Right? It, it starts there. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. I mean, the policies won't hold if behavior doesn't change. And and we've been doing it with a lot of things. Um, you know, domestic violence and and child abuse and sexual predators. Uh, you know, people have risen up against these things, and and yet being anti-racist seems harder. I why? <laughs> That's very complicated. I would say you know to start um, being called a racist is like being called uh, an alcoholic. Right or being called crazy. I think it starts with, um, you know, uh, a stigma, right? Um, in in America, which you're called a racist, you're 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 naturally a bad person. But just like getting uh, help or treatment for mental illness or getting treatment for alcoholism, you have to start with acknowledging um, that you are on a spectrum um, and there is uh, a way to be better. Um, I think that I think that's probably the best way to start with uh, a response to that. But uh, it does become a lot more complicated, you know. Um, you well, know, I think also part of the issue, um, you know, rates of child abuse are higher in uh, for for a black child than a white child, and so you know, uh, something like systemic racism, it's not it's not one issue, right? It's the issue right. that undergirds all of these other social ills, and I think we need to we need to understand. Well, why is it that? people of color are more likely to be abusive household. Why is it a person of color uh, might attend a school that doesn't get the same level of funding as a, as a predominantly white suburban district? Like, you know, racial issues of systemic racism just cut across all of these other issues. And, and, and that's, that's hard to understand, right? Like, it, and um, it, it takes a lot of intellectual effort and hearing it, I think, for people, you know, someone like me, me, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, right? Like, white guy grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. Um, you know, I've had to work to understand why, uh, um, you know, you might not have a, a police officer who is racist, but we still might have a policing system that is. <laughs> um, and it, and it, it takes effort to, to understand that. And the uh, summit that's coming up Thursday, um, typically... In the past, as, as you mentioned, Andrew, you get about 300 people to a luncheon and you get a chance to, chance you, know, to you know, pull some of these things apart. And 
this year it's going to be virtual. Does that open it up to more people who who can participate in the uh, uh, leadership summit this Thursday? Anyone and everyone. You know, we um, in previous years we had a we, we we had a ticket price for this event to try to raise a little money and offset our expenses. We're not even doing that this year. We've got a suggested 25 donation, 25 donation if you're able to, but I don't want that to be a barrier for anyone who wants to join. So if you are interested in education, if you're interested in issues of equity, if you are or you know a young person between the ages of 18 to 25 who wants to get in the arena and spend a year working with students in Detroit promoting equity uh, by supporting kids and helping them with their academics and and socially and emotionally, um, you know, come learn about City Year, whether it's through this event or visiting our website or, you know, shooting me an email. Um, we, are, we are ramping up for next school year already where we know that students are going to be coming back into the building uh, having lost a great deal of learning time, but also having dealt with um, some of the most stressful experiences that you can ever ask a young person to bear. And they are going to come into the school building and they are going to need that extra support and positive relationships that um, we know are foundational to then uh, increasing a student's academic performance. So if you want to respond to this pandemic, if you want to work on equity, come do a year of service with us at City Year. Is that, is that all volunteer or is there some sort of... Uh expense offset so our core members earn a stipend they get a monthly living stipend um, it's about twelve hundred dollars a month you get health insurance um, child care if you need it your student loans are deferred and then at the end of the year of service you earn about a six thousand five hundred dollar education award that can be used to you know go back to college or go to grad school any education related purpose and then on top of that, we have, we have about 150 colleges and universities around the country that will offer an additional scholarship simply for having done city year. So University of Michigan School of Education, you get a 25% um, discount on tuition. The law school at the University of Michigan, the top 10 law school in the country, if you do city year um, and you go to U of M law school, you automatically get a $30,000 scholarship. And Mike, what are some of the uh, uh, projects that um, New Detroit uh, implements? Uh, so here we're uh, we're moving into a strong policy focus. Uh, we're bringing on more capacity in house to, uh, to to dig deeply into policy, uh, you know, across the board, local, uh, federal, and state. Um, and we're also bringing in more resources to build out uh, tools. Um, and when I say that, um, you know, we talked about the sort of the interpersonal and personal dynamic of, of, of changing oneself, but um, uh, it's, it's important to, to, to look at organizations and industries and ask how can they perform better, um, how can they improve their culture, how can they understand where they sit in the spectrum of, of, uh, of bias and racism and yeah, provide interventions. We're building those tools out now. Um, we're piloting one uh, in healthcare uh, that focuses on cultural competency, uh, improving cultural competency and uh, addressing bias uh, in healthcare. 
Um, and uh, once the pilot's done, it should be uh, quarter uh, quarter two of 2021, it'll be released uh, to healthcare systems and uh, healthcare professionals across the state. And Mike, for people who want to learn more about New Detroit and the work that you do, past, present, and future, um, how can they dig in? Do you have a website? We do. Yeah, it's uh, it's newdetroit.org. Um, uh, quite simple, um, and we're, uh, we're we're on all the socials, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And uh, um, Andrew, I want to ask the same thing about City Year Detroit. Do you have uh, a website where people can keep track and and maybe be encouraged to uh, participate in some way? Yep. Yeah. Cityyear.org uh, backslash Detroit will take us to our Detroit page and. There's info about uh, the upcoming event, uh, information about how to apply to the program if you're interested. Um, so our website and then, you know, all the social media, um, we've got, we have accounts on uh, is all it, of those as well. Is City Year a kind of a, a national movement with uh, autonomous uh, local chapters? Yeah, so we're one 501c3 uh, that operates in 29 cities, so. Boston to LA, New York, Detroit, uh, even cities like Little Rock or Columbia, South Carolina, and the work is the same. You know, young people spending a year full time working in schools that are systemically under resourced. the The history of the organization is starting in the late '80s. Um, two graduates of Harvard um, just wanted to start something like the Domestic Peace Corps, really with a vision of you know, what would our democracy look like if every young person in this country did a year of service? You could do it in the military, you could join the Peace Corps, but what if there was an opportunity to just spend a year working and serving your community right here at home? Um, what would that do to address social problems? You know, you'd have this amazing uh, human capital, <laughs> just like civilian army to help work on issues like education, like healthcare. Um, so what could it do to build capacity? And then what would it do for young people who serve? You know, you'd work side by side across lines of difference. Um, uh, and, I, you know, I still believe that to this day. So whether it's city year or, you know, some other opportunity to serve, I just think every young person ought to, ought to spend a year um, doing something beyond themselves. And the upcoming event is the 2020 Virtual Leadership Summit. Uh, which starts at noon this coming Thursday, December 3rd. Um, and, and finally, Andrew, um, how can people access that, uh, the summit itself? Yep, so again, if you go to cityyear.org uh, backslash Detroit, there's a big link to the event, and you just have to register, and then you'll get the, the link to access the online platform. Well, I hope, I hope the, uh, the virtual summit goes viral <laughs> i love it yes no pun intended these days <laughs> i know right um anyway uh mike rafferty ceo and president of new detroit thank you so much for spending time with me this morning it's been a pleasure and uh, andrew stein who is the vice president and executive director of city year detroit same to you andrew thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning thank you tom i just want to say thanks to my friend mike for for being a part of this and for helping with our summit. Well, good luck with the summit. Take care. All right, be well. 
And with that, we're going to take a short break. If you're listening to us on 92.1 FM, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, Check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. 
America. Your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Happy Holidays! From... And the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. ladies and gentlemen fine fine welcome and it's certainly very gratifying to know that you feel this way and that you people have accepted my being able to sub for Johnny this week because it seems to have caused quite a bit of difficulty around here at NBC uh, earlier this evening I was in Johnny's dressing room and one of the wardrobe mistresses walked by and she sticks her head in the door she sees me and she says what are you doing in Johnny Carson's dressing room <laughs> Said if he catch you in here, this is the last time you're gonna be on this show. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad that you feel that. We, we will, during the course of the week, find some way to overcome her problem and firmly convince her that NBC, without a doubt, has established within everyone's mind that it is the full color network. <laughs> right? fun for me. It's this, this entire week is going to be fun. I've looked forward to it. And, uh, in fact, to stand here and act so cool, I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. In the dressing room, I felt good. I was thinking, you know, just different ways of expressing the enthusiasm. And I was saying to myself, Woo! <laughs> well, it's made me think back. This is a long way from where I started. You know, I used to work in a drive-in movie. That's right, it was really rough. But it was fun. It was a hard job, but it was fun. I used to go around and shine the light in the car, tell people when the picture's over. <laughs> I got $25 a week and all I could see. <laughs> I'd walk around and say, the picture's over, the picture's over! <laughs> I tried a lot of things, I tried a lot of things. I feel that I'm prepared to assume the responsibility for well, this job, this is, well, this job is like, uh, I feel like this job is like being at a weenie roast with me being the weenie. <laughs> I just threw that in, you know? But, uh, yes, yes. I, I tried a lot of things. You know, coming along, I, uh, during my younger years, I tried, uh, I operated my own business. It was a lemonade stand, you know? And uh, it was doing pretty good. It, the way it went is I had a big sign over the lemonade stand called Flip's Lemonade, all you can drink, 
for a dime. No, that was great, and it was going along pretty well, but then you always run into a wise guy, you know? One day a guy comes up to Stan, he says, uh, is this lemonade as good as everybody says it is? And I said, you better believe it. This lemonade is just as good as what your mother used to make. And the guy said, hmm, that gotta be some very good lemonade. <laughs> I said, and in addition to that, I give you all you can drink for a dime. You can't beat that. I said, let me tell you how I fix this lemonade. I put extra sugar in the glass. So that when you turn the glass up to drink it, the lemonade starts swirling around and that makes the sugar swirl and lemonade gets sweeter as you go down. You know, as it goes down, makes it taste better. And uh, then the lemonade is very cold. I put extra ice in the pitcher and then I pack the pitcher in the ice. I said, yeah, that's all right. He said, uh, give me a glass. So I gave him a glass and uh, he says, I'll have another glass. I said, well, that'll be another dime. He said, now hold on. He said, the sign says all you can drink for a dime. I said, but you had a glass, didn't you? And I said, yes. I said, well, that's all you can drink for a dime. <laughs> but people, people caught on to that pretty quick, so I, I kind of cut the lemonade business to loose. And I've worked toward tonight. And uh, during the course, now let me say, things are going to be a little different with Johnny not here. The whole purpose of the show is fun. We're going to try to have as much fun, you know? But other things will be different, such as uh, during the course of my opening spot, I'll eliminate Johnny's genuine, authentic golf swing. We won't have that this week. No, I wouldn't infringe upon the man's right to open. You know, that, that's, not, that's his swing. You know, I swing another way. I got my own way of swing. <laughs> but uh, if, if Johnny's looking in tonight, I was thinking of some way. I don't play golf myself. Well, the ball is too small. If the ball was a little larger, I'd play. Uh, but in the elevator, the hotel I'm staying at, coming up on the elevator, I heard two guys discussing the game, and I thought it was a pretty amusing conversation. One fellow says to the other, he said, uh, say, George, he said, how's your golf game coming? George said, it's all right. It's all right. The fellow said, you should be pretty good. You and Freddie playing every other day. George said, look, he said, don't mention Freddie's name to me. He said, I don't want to talk about Freddie, you understand? So don't bring his name up to me. Oh, I said, but you and Freddie are such good friends. You guys play golf every other day. So I said, well, not anymore. So well, what happened? I said, look, I said, do you want to play with a guy who cheats on the score? Want to play with a guy who cheats? A guy who, if he makes a hole in one, he's going to take off two? <laughs> so you want to play with, you want to play with a guy who, who steals your clubs while you're watching the ball because somebody's already got your bag? <laughs> Do you want to play with a guy who'll run through the clubhouse yelling, burn, baby, burn? <laughs> do you want to play with a guy like that? And the fellow said, heck no. He said, well, neither do Freddy. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Let your heart be loud. 
Christmas Make the Yuletide game From now on Our troubles will be far away Here we are as in olden times Happy
you pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's time.